Welcome to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. Each week, our host, Dr. Laura Shinneman, dives deep into school library topics to help you build your skills and take charge of your own professional development. Her mission is to create an environment where librarians flourish and become lifelong learners. Now, on to today's podcast. I'd like to welcome everybody to the Librarian Influencers Podcast, and today I'm very excited to have Heather Lamb with us. So Heather, go ahead and tell us what your library background is like. Well, thanks for having me. Um, so my library background is, um, this is my 20th year in education, um, and I was an elementary education teacher, and then I had a lovely director that came to me one day and said, have you ever thought about being a librarian? And I unfortunately didn't, I, what, it's probably like a lot of people, I didn't have a great experience in the library. And then I moved to a new school and I had a wonderful experience, a wonderful mentor, and I did a lot of things with um, the librarian, which I think is so important. We collaborated and she asked me again and lo and behold, I um, said, yes, let's talk. And at the time in Texas, I know things have changed, but at the time in Texas, um, you could exit certify. So I exit certified and became an elementary lab. Well, there was a job opening and they said, um, we want you to interview and the school was going to open next the next week. And I took, I went ahead and trusted my gut and I took the job. And I said, but I have one problem. Um, my son needs to transfer. He was going into kindergarten. And they said, oh my gosh, that's not a problem. So I moved and I started as the elementary librarian. And you know, one of the things that um, I did back then and I th still think it's important is I think what sold myself as a teacher was I collaborated with, um, I was the teacher and I collaborated with the librarians and I had a portfolio and back then it was a paper pencil portfolio. Now I have a digital portfolio, but I had things that um, told my story and mm -hmm. I think that's important. So fast forward um, 20 years, I've, I've been an elementary librarian, I've been a middle school librarian and now I'm in a high school and in between that time I actually left education for about eight years, but I reached out to a great um, associate superintendent and said, hey, you have a, like, a great library vision. And she said, hey, are you looking for a, to go back into schools? And I said, yeah, maybe. And so here I am and I've been at this district. I'm in Castleberry ISD and I've been in the district now. This is going fourth year. I'm now the lead librarian. I, I'm a high school librarian, but I'm also the lead librarian. We are fortunate in our district. We all have, we have certified librarians. Um, at our schools, but then we also have, um, at most of our schools, we have a full-time assistant, which is very unusual. Our school is very small. We have five schools in our district. So mm -hmm. now I have all levels of, um, of experience, and I, um, I also have an administrative certificate, because at one point I did want to be a library director, mm -hmm. but I don't know if that's going to ever happen, but it's good, it's good to have that. Um, so it's been good to have the cross-sections, I think. So I'm just curious, do you have a favorite level that you've worked with? Um, you know, I like, um, I, I, I love, I don't know. I think I love um, sometimes the things I can do with the high school kids because they're so much more mature and the conversations. But then sometimes I love working with the elementaries because um, then I go back and go, oh, look at how fun and cute that is. But then so... I don't know. I think on any given day, it could be anything, but I sure do love, I, I never thought if you would have asked me 10 or 15 years ago, if I would have loved um, going into the high school, I would have said, Oh no. 
um, not going to ever happen. And here I am today. So, yeah, because so often people will see job openings and it won't necessarily be at the grades, you know, the, the grade level that they've taught and they're just so concerned. But I always tell them, just go for it. You know, the, the yeah. openings are so rare. Um, you just need to go for it. I think so. I think, you know, um, I trusted my gut and I think that, um, I think you use your skill set and I mean, obviously, um, the things that I did at elementary aren't the same, but it's still solid curriculum ideas. And then you just move up the, you, and you know that, um, you know that you work with the teachers and they still have standards and you still connect with them. It's just at a different level. And at high school, um, you, at the high school, I think you have to sell yourself a, a bit differently and you have to, um, I call it kind of a backdoor approach. So um, just like this, this week was really unusual. Um, and because we're virtual, it's, it's very unusual, but like someone tweeted out about um, something that she was doing in a classroom where she was doing research on bioethics and I'm not there to, to say, Hey, what are you doing? And so I used the next best thing. And I, I tweeted out, I got on our research databases and I found a really cool article about bioethics and mm -hmm. I, you know, and I, and I sent, and I tweeted it out to her. And then in the next morning, she's like, I don't know if you're available, but you want to hop in our, pop in our classes and teach us about the research databases. So you take the opportunities, but at high school, I think that I do, I go into the PLCs, which I would do in elementary. Um, I, I think it's just the conversations and the stories and the connections. And, and I'm a big believer of relationships. So I think that's, that's important to have at whatever level you're at. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. And we hear that more, most of the time um, in these interviews, I'll hear people talk about relationships. You know, that really is key. And mm -hmm. I, I know when I look at leadership books, it doesn't matter if it's library leadership, business world leadership. It's always about, you'll hear, you'll see the relationship aspect of it. And that is so very important. Very much so. I think so. All right. So if you think back, you've been at all the different levels. You can choose any of the, any of them that you want to talk about. But what do you remember about those opening years in the library? Oh, I can remember going to um, to the stores and um, like buying books and buying like how to books or connecting with books. We we couldn't we didn't have Twitter. We didn't have well actually I think we had like list listservs that we would get on and. I think I just would print out stuff and ideas and I never, as a teacher, I never did the same thing twice. So I don't, that's not a good thing at all. I don't think in any respects, but it also, I think you get a new flavor of something. So I, someone once told me that the best teachers always find the best ideas. So I, I think that in those early years, I, I struggled because I wanted to find the best ideas, but the biggest struggle I had was I couldn't close my door anymore. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was the school, the library was everyone's door. And how do I meet that? What I needed for, you know, I wanted to be creative and I wanted to be um, doing all these things, but I, I did, it wasn't me closing my door anymore and doing all those things. I had to get buy-in and I had to, um, create opportunities. So one of the things that I did that I thought was went really well, um, and I've tried it in, at the secondary. It's not, I mean, it works, but not as well. But el elementary, I used to call it my dessert tray. And so I would go to the grade level meetings. This was before we had um, PLCs, but I would go and 
I would look and say that, um, for instance, maybe they were doing, um, I don't know, say um, fourth grade was doing, I'm just going to say, I don't know what they do now, if they do this any, anymore, but maybe they were doing life cycles. I think they do that at a different grade. So, but whichever grade it was, they were doing life cycles. And I would find that and I would have, you know, like when you go to the, the restaurant and they tempt you with a dessert and you say, oh no, I'm full. I don't want anything. But I would, on my dessert tray, I might have a lesson idea or I might have an activity or I might have um, a way to collaborate, but it's, it's, I'm going to tempt them with my dessert tray mm -hmm. and somebody the, the whole grade level may want to, to eat the dessert. They might want to share the dessert or they might just want to pass. And so I would take my dessert tray and see what happens. And a lot of times when I first would do that, sometimes only one teacher would take a bite out of the dessert mm -hmm. and, and that would be okay. But it was in the beginning, it was really disheartening that I, they weren't as excited as I was. And, and that I think was my biggest struggle was my, they weren't as excited. They didn't want to jump on board with me. And I spent many, you know, many times going, Kali, what am I doing wrong? And I just kept at it and I kept at it. And I think that over time I had a calendar that was visible. So people over time, what happened was it wasn't me telling the story. What I found was it was the other teachers that were telling the stories. And I had to realize that that was the most important piece was, and that's what's actually happened now at high school and it happened at middle school, but it was, I had my dessert tray and one teacher said, what are you doing? Well, Heather did this, we were doing this. Oh, okay. And then the teacher would come to me and say, hey, I heard you were doing this. Can you do this? And so it was reciprocal and it started, the ball started rolling. And so I went from not doing much to I couldn't fit anybody in because I was so busy. So that's, a bad, that's not a bad problem to have. Yeah. So um, I've done that same thing. I did the same thing at middle school. Middle school was kind of funny because, you know, elementary teachers, I don't think they get enough um, credit um, because I did the same thing at middle school and I did stations one time and we were doing um, 60s with the outsiders. And I said, hey, what do you think about bringing, like doing stations? And we do like toys of the 60s and like, um, oh, I don't know. Um, oh, hairstyles of the 60s and yearbooks. We had primary sources and things. And so we had all these different stations set up and the kids got to choose. It was very uh, project-based. They got to choose which of those areas they were interested in. Mm -hmm. And then it was all about them. I was at a one-to-one -one school. So it was a, we were able to do that. And the teacher, like after the first or second day, she said, oh my gosh, that was the hardest. This is the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. And I was like, well, welcome to an elementary teacher's life. So, and then fast forward to high school. Um, I've done this now with some high school teachers and, but it's, it's a slower kind of roll, but it's, it's the same thing. It's, it's not, I'm not calling it my dessert tray, but it's basically the same. It's the same effect is, and you know, they're not all buying. We did, I mean, of all things, I'm the, I'm, I'm the librarian, but last year I went to a conference and I love going to conferences and learning and I presented a lot of conferences, but last year I went to a conference and I came back and I learned about doing um, Bitmojis mm -hmm. and using Bitmojis and I came, brought them back and um, I had a conversation with the math teacher and, and just randomly and she said, okay, I know you're, you're, this isn't in your wheelhouse, but um, I saw you do this at one of our, I, I presented at one of our 
district digital days. And she said, I know this is not really, you know, ELA, all this, but do you think you can come to my classroom and teach my kids? This is math and stuff. And I said, what are you doing? And she's like, um, I think she told me she was doing, I don't know, some calculus or something. And that, that, that freaked me out. But I'm like, just teach me and I'll, I'll, do the, I'll do the technology. You do the math and we'll co-teach and it'll be beautiful. So she did it. She told other people and one of the, the teachers said, you know, I doubted this was going to work, but I had like a 67% um, participation rate when I used to do this lesson before and it went up to like 95%. Oh. So it's, I think it's just, you know, doing those things and trusting yourself. And um, if you do, if you do get those opportunities, um, it's, they're still solid ideas. So just trust them and trust that they're going to work. And I don't know if you write professional articles, but I think you should write one about the dessert tray analogy. That's a great analogy. I love it. It's really good. I it's, I, it's worked. It's, I mean, when I tell people, they like it. So I guess I should. It, 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 I think it really works because, you know, there's sometimes you want dessert, sometimes you don't. And after a while, when you see it for a long time, you kind of start wanting it, you know? Right, right. Participating with it. Yeah. All right, so still thinking back to that time um, when you were starting out, what kind of advice would you give yourself um, in, re in re retrospect? Well, so I thought about this a lot, and one of the things that I don't do well, so I'm on social media a lot, but one of the things that still um, is a problem for me, and I wish that I would have gotten, even from the, from the get-go, there was ways to do this, I would wish that I would have gotten into a habit of, uh, better doing a blog or a newsletter or something. And I wish, I think now that that's a problem for me now. I think it's a problem because I didn't do it back then. And it's a problem for me now because I have, I try every single year, every single year it's a goal and, and it doesn't happen. I start off and it just doesn't happen. And I think because I didn't, I didn't do it. I didn't start off in the beginning, um, blogging and I didn't start off with newsletters. I mean, I tried, it just, it didn't happen. And I wish that I would have figured out a way to make that a better goal for me or find out. I mean, there's tons of tools that it's not the tools because I've used them all. It's just the habit and make it something that I, I just put it in my calendar and do it and it becomes a habit. And it's something that I do every single month or something. Now, are you thinking about that? Like, a blog just on a personal level about your work? Or are you thinking that like you're targeting students or targeting teachers? What are, what are you thinking about with that newsletter and blog? Well, I, I kind of, I thought about it um, more about it, not so much students, I think just kind of um, life challenges and, you know, things of that, you know, you, um, like the challenges today and, and what we're dealing with, but maybe it, maybe the, it doesn't have to be this long drawn out story, but it's, um, is there something that I'm doing? And it's more of a, more of a, more of me putting my words out on paper, yeah. but it's, but there's something in it that maybe is a takeaway that, you know, that someone else can glean from. So it's yeah. not, I don't want to, like I read blogs and, and they're like gooey and gooey and stuff like that. And I don't want that, but maybe something that, that I've read, but it's it's maybe applicable to someone. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Really good. All right, so let's talk about the kind of influence that you see librarians have. Um, and I, I'm using that not in the way of like makeup 
you know, influencers or beauty influencers, but just the kind of where we just have such a powerful influence on our campuses and in our districts. So talk a little bit about what you see at your level. Well, um, I, so um, I am the lead librarian and then we have five schools within our, um, within our district. And I think that part the, I think one of the biggest things that I, I think we have done, and I think this is a big, um, I think a big piece to what our success, and I think for a lot of people, is we're advocating are not um, in your face, um, not emailing every minute um, and saying we have this, we have this, we have this, we have this, and we're what we what I've tried to get our librarians to do is how do we differentiate ourselves um, from say our instructional technologists or we call them innovation leaders, but how do we differentiate ourselves? But also, you know, we talk about having a seat at the table. So how do we differentiate ourselves? How do we how do we make people say oh? you know, and, and provide um, the resources that we have that make someone, um, make someone their eyes perk up and their ears perk up and say, oh, okay, well, I wanna know more. So what, what are the ways that we can advocate? And I think part of it is relationship building, but it's also, I think another key of, of advocacy, because people can advocate for anything, but I think that um, how do you build trust within your, um, and how we've built trust within our campus and with our teachers and trust that that we're not going to, and this, what we're doing right now is is a good example, is we're, the, our teachers are trusting us not to inundate them with a ton of, a ton of things, but we're gonna pick the very best things that we think will be beneficial. And I think as, as librarians, um, our job is to curate, because when this, for all this, uh, COVID stuff happened, the stuff was just coming at people. It was coming right. fast yes. and furious. Right. And I think that's a real problem. But um, I, I think that um, by advocating and people trusting us in, in my district, I said, hey, could we, ha could we have a website linked off of our remote learning? And my associate superintendent, the trust was there and she said, yeah, what do you think it's gonna look like? And I said, well, I don't know, let me think about it. So I poked around and I said, I think it should have this, this and this. I got a web, I mean, I have a link on our, the main website. And then we started um, toying with some different ideas. And once again, what are we gonna do that's different than, what are we doing that's different than the teachers are doing that's highlighting some of the, some of our, tools that we have in our toolbox that maybe the, the teachers don't know. So we pay for a database. And so we started on our website, we have a website that's a remote learning website and we created every, every day, the librarians take turns and we have what we call it the curiosity corner. And so yeah. what we've done is like on um, Fridays, we have a uh, field trip Friday and our curriculum, our elementary curriculum person said, emailed us and said, hey, please don't change that. We love that because we're going to tap into that. We, we, we're going to encourage our students, every elementary student to go to your field trip Friday. Nice. So it, it was kind of cool because that was not our intent, but because we differentiated ourselves from what the teachers were doing, mm -hmm. then we said, oh, what, it, well, maybe we want to ask the science teacher. So we're covering not random stuff. You know, we're doing some things that, that are, um, thoughtful. Um, we also have like, we're doing mindful Monday. We have thoughtful Thursday. So there's, 
things. And then what we've done is um, in there, we've kind of backdoor linked some of our, like we pay for Pebble Go. So we have, so we've linked some of our resources there. So then it's really just things that are light. There's no, there's no ask. Like they don't have to go to a Flipgrid and feedback. So it's just stuff that goes into your knowledge bank and you go, did you know, you know, or like Thoughtful Thursday is a kindness thing and a kindness bingo chart to, you know, give somebody a high five and fun things like that. So things that we're trying to be thoughtful and considerate of, we're in a title one district. So thoughtful and considerate of things that kids may or may not have at home. We we're really fortunate in our district. We're in a district that we, um, our district had already started the plan of building Wi-Fi towers. Okay. So all of our students have access to these Wi-Fi towers that if they have a device, a, a, a district provided device, they can access filtered uh, internet through this towers. Okay. And they escalated to get the third tower. If a student was in kind of low spots, they provided them a, um, a hot spot because we have some low areas. Yeah. And then, um, then we have we so all we have kids that have netbooks and then the kids like the kindergarten pre-k and first graders that didn't have they they basically scalped the the cards and took and so if they families wanted and they needed an ipad they checked out ipads so our students had the opportunity to get filtered internet and a device if they needed it y'all have really gone above and beyond that's just amazing it's, I mean, we have a very, our associate superintendent is a visionary and she's been 25 years, I think, but she's, she's a visionary and she was ahead of her time. So, um, so that's really made some of these things, you know, we're, we're still, she says we're, we're not flying, we're not building the plane, we're flying the plane now. And wow. um, so, and we still hit turbulence and we still have people that are having challenges and still figuring it out. But those are, the, as far as influence, I think advocacy, um, and that's, a, I think that's what's gotten us is we're doing the right kind of advocacy. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be curious next year, you know, with all the things librarians have stepped up to do, how much of it will continue, you know, mm -hmm. for the librarians that they'll keep doing these new ways, you know, supporting and maybe hopefully they'll be appreciated more than ever before. Um, you know, for the ways they've stepped up. But when you start thinking about next year or maybe even finishing out, you know, this year, is there any new kind of influence that you want to work on? Well, I'm thinking back to my newsletter and I really want, I mean, maybe it's not going to be a blog, but maybe it'll be a newsletter. Um, I think I want to have some sort of a s'more or a newsletter or something that will um, create opportunities for mm -hmm. You know, we've built, we've built, like what I just said, we built the plane. How do I continue flying it? And how do I, how do I take those, those opportunities that we've built and continue and, and, you know, um, create more opportunities for either our kids or even, I think even beyond our, just our district is helping people to see, um, like you just said, you know, what, what am I going to do next year that's going to be the same or different? Um, if it, is it going to be a blended learning approach? Is it um, really, really evaluating how I, how do we look at the databases differently? And um, what am I doing? What am I doing from the get-go to really um, promote them in, in a new light and not take for granted 
that the teachers know them um, just because we've they've had opportunity just to to see them and to see these that they're there I'm, I'm not going to assume anything and I want to make sure that that I think some of the things like the either the newsletter or the blog but maybe highlighting you know once a once a month highlighting a tip or a tool using the using some of the strategies that maybe they've year learned and maybe extend the uh, learning opportunities. Yeah, that, that makes sense, makes a lot of sense. So we're, you know, we've been, we've transitioned to this virtual presence right now. Um, and I know that you've, um, you're from a high school level. So go ahead and, and tell us a little bit, go ahead, let's go back to your, your physical library. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about your physical library. All right, so my physical library is a very, very unique space and miss it terribly. Um, the, our physical library is, we call it the cube. And, um, and so the cube, um, it's, we, the cube, it, I, I, this is um, only my second, well, two and a half years in the, I, I've been in the district four years, but this is only my second full year at the high school. But um, the, 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 the high school library, the cube, is it has a full service cafe in it and um and so it's very unique we don't have doors also so that's a very unique thing so we're always on so mm -hmm. it doesn't have it has it now some people may freak out and say what it has fire doors so we do have fire doors that close in the fire drills and things but it, we don't we open the doors up and we're always open so we're always on, we're always there. Um, sometimes we have stragglers and kids that, you know, find themselves in, in their library and lost, but um, we open um, in the, it's the, the cube stands for connect and create and collaborate. So that was, they, they, uh, that name came about when the, when the library first came, first came, um, when it first was built. So the school itself was built in the 50s, but they had, they took, and they took the existing footprint and they gutted it. And then they, so they gutted the, so the library, the school is not new, just the library. So they gutted the entire library space and built this new kind of vibe. So we have these cool seats. Um, we have a crazy wall that has um, graphic novels on it. And then um, we have two, rooms one of them is the maker space and we have an off the side we have a um still a computer lab but we do have a full service cafe in it that and when i say full service um it we it is not it's run by our food nutrition our child nutrition department so it's not run by us it's open and for breakfast and it's open for lunch and now we can offer um if we want to in the afternoon if we do want to offer like snacks or something we could but um during the day when it's not serving, we use that space. Um, there's tables in there. Um, so we could use that, we use that for teaching time. So we have teachers that will sign up for that, the cafe space. So, um, so it's, it's not just a dead area that's uh, closed off. Okay. We have one district in my area that has a similar setup and I think it's just so nice that they're not having to physically run it because I've seen um, coffee shops, you know, where librarians are running it and they're having to, run to the store to get this or run to the store for that or make a cash deposit, you know, and it's like, Oh my gosh, how do you, <laughs> where yeah. does your full time fit in? So that's it's not, it's nice because they, they, they run it now they run it. And then we have our, our custodial staff that cleans up the trash. Now saying that um, when they get shorthanded, then they close. So there's that downfall. Um, 
there, you know, so it's a, it's kind of a double-edged sword, but we're, but like you said, we're not having to, we don't have to worry about the mechanics of it. Yeah. Yeah. So what kind of benefits have you seen by having that in your, inside your library? Oh gosh. Um, how we run it is we have a pass system. So it's because we only have so many seats. Mm-hmm. So we have a pass system that we operate on. And, um, and for some reason, I don't, I ask the kids all the time, but if they're not going to eat lunch, but we have kids that come in and eat lunch and then they come. And so the way the cafe is, is designed is it's in the front part of the library. So when you come in, you come and you see basically the cafe. And then we have some bar tables that are off to the side that you can still eat if you want. And we have kids that will bring, bring their lunch and they can eat in the cafe. They, they don't have to eat um, the, the cafe's food, um, right. but they can still eat in the library. So we're not, we're not prohibiting other food from coming in. But what we've done is there's some um, large pillars. And that's what we've said is kind of, that's the library side and this is the cafe side. So we try to keep the food on one side or the other Mm-hmm. And so what we've seen is um, kids come in, we have games. And so it's, it's a hangout place. Um, it's a, it's kids come in and they, we have Xbox in our library. Okay. So we have a, so we have kids that will come in and they'll eat lunch in the cafe and then they'll go and we'll, we have, they'll play Xbox. The Xbox is in an area that um, is kind of a teaching area. So if there's, if, somebody has reserved, a teacher has reserved the, uh, the teaching space, then the Xbox is not used. We don't shut the cafe down when somebody has the teaching area done, but we just don't let the Xbox, that TV used um, for the Xbox. Okay, nice, very nice. Um, so a lot of people, a lot of librarians have issues with food in the library. Did, were there any things you had to work through yourself personally or your, help your assistant get work, you know, work through these, the thought of food in the library, food and drinks? No, you know, um, not, we do still have kids that, that try to get food and I have, we have to remind them and we have to set some protocols, but it, our food the building is still old, so we're still going to have the bugs, and we, we've had a rodent thing, but we, we try to encourage the kids. Um, every once in a while, we have kids that would try to come over and sit on the cushy chairs, and we'll notice that they have a juice or things like that, and we just, I, my, myself and my aide, we try to get them to remember and try to take care of themselves, so instead of us always saying no, 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 it's, you know, what are you going to do with that, and say, hey, take that to the other side of the cafe, and then when you're done, come back over and enjoy the game, so we're trying to put a positive spin on it, so is it a foolproof no, and do we have kids that sneak snacks and stuff them down in the corners of the things, yes, Um, but at the end of the day, I think it goes back to what I've said before is trust and relationships, Mm -hmm. because ours are um, we have more kids that come into the cafe, more kids that come after stay, try to stay after school, more kids know that that's a safe place Mm -hmm. for them than ever before. So kids want to be in there. Um, and so if, and I think that's because we've established that the cube is a, is a great place to be. So even when the cafe is, someone made a comment about this. So even when the cafe is closed, um, someone said, to me, hey, I thought the cafe was closed. And I said, it is. And she said, well, gosh, there's still a ton of kids in here. And I said, I know, because we have a good vibe, you know? So I think that we've established that it's good. And what's happening too is um, 
I heard, I used last year, I heard from so many kids, oh miss, I don't read. I haven't read a book in, since I was in fifth grade. Mm -hmm. And so what's happening now is we're finding ways to do more kind of, um, I think integrated um, or more, not really integrated, more, more kind of um, interactive in a sense, book, uh, book displays or more, they're more, they're kind of jazzy and kind of in your face. Mm -hmm. um, book displays. So these kids that, that I know have said to me, oh, miss, I haven't read a book since fifth grade. I'm, I'm kind of like, hey, look what, you know, look at these new books or look at this. And, and then it's like, oh, you know, and they're, they're kind of like, oh, I don't know about that. And so, you know, kids that tell me, oh, I haven't checked it, anything out, they turn around and say, you know, they might walk away. But the next thing I know is Lauren, my assistant will say, that kid check that book out. And then I'll say, yeah, that's a good thing, right? And she'll say, I guess so. And I'm like, oh, it's an excellent thing. So, you know, so it's, 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 I'm a big believer of, it's all goes back to, I think like the, the dessert tray, it's like backdoor kind of, you know, it's, I think maybe subliminal things, but we try to stay positive. I, I was raised in a household that my dad was very much a supporter of um, letting us if we got in trouble, we had to figure out how to dig ourselves out. And I want to be, I want the kids to take ownership and I, so I don't want to enable them. So I want them to take ownership of their challenges. And in the library space, sure, we have protocols and we have some signage and stuff, but I want them to figure out like, what do they need to do? What do they need to do being responsible for themselves? Because they got four years there and then they're out on their own. So that's, that's what we that's what we've kind of established. So if you're having trouble with food or those things, think about your message and what you're messaging in. And is it a, I guess, is it a, does it have a negative connotation to it that maybe, um, maybe it's driving kids away versus um, accepting them and talking about what would be better? Mm -hmm. Good point. Good point. All right. So now this is something that's happened to you, you know, towards the end of your career, um, you know, and you've got all this in place helping you create this wonderful kind of environment. What kind of steps would you have for our listeners who are just starting out? You know, they, they don't have a lot of connections yet. They don't have probably not a strong budget, but what, what kind of steps could our, could you share with our audience today? Well, so I think that I would, um, I think I would take um, an evaluation. So I, um, I actually took an ISTU course, the Future Ready course, and it was interesting because um, our district applied, we got a scholarship this last year, and you know, you get to a point, like you said, I'm later in my career, and you think, okay, I've done lots of stuff, and I'm, I don't know everything, but I can figure out stuff. Well, I did this ISTU course, and part of the course made, had you um, look at different things in it with a different lens, and one of the things that I think is a good, I think a good challenge for people is to look at your space through a different lens. And, um, and so like we, I looked at um, like my maker area. So my maker area is, a, is an old conference room and it's growing. It's not the best, but um, we're, we're growing into it, I guess. But, um, and I, st I started looking at that, thinking about what I could do with that, but then um, what dawned on me was through this through this course was I have a um, I had moved all of my college books so we have a big big push for um, 
college career military readiness and like everyone. Mm -hmm. And I moved all the books over and then I started thinking about how can I promote these? And this was part of, this was my, um, my activity that at the end, like what, what, what I did through this course was really evaluating that area to make it more fruitful for the kids. And so one of the things I did was look at, um, look at the books that I could, that I could order and see what, you know, how would they support it? But then I also started thinking about, um, could it be more? And so that, that was a big challenge because, you know, later in life and you're learning new things. So I started looking at that area and, um, how it could fit. And so I said, you know, I've got these 3d glasses. And so we've started building out a new college and career military readiness area where, you know, 3d glasses that you could go on college tours. And so really thinking about it, reevaluating within your space. So there's, there's something called um, the third place. And they say that you have like your home and then you have work and then your third place is um, it's like, where do you go to hang out? Where do you go to nurture yourself? And like a coffee shop might be a good thing. Well, the, I think of the cube maybe is that third place for our kids and within that space, what's driving those kids to want to have those conversations to hang out we have kids that come in our afternoon and i ask them don't you have somewhere to go and and no we want no we're playing in here and they'll sit and they won't be on their computers and they are phones they'll be playing games which is so cool so i think that's the um if if you're just beginning look at um in your space it doesn't have it's not just about books but um, creating a space within your space. Um, is it a space? Is it a wall? Is it a corner? Um, is it, do you have to, um, do you, could you repurpose um, and move stuff around? Could you paint a wall? Mm -hmm. And um, think about that. Could you add, um, you know, has there been something, we moved a chair, we moved, um, I don't know, a big countertop around and somebody said, can you do that? And I said, I did. Is that okay? You know, and who knows? But I think that um, you create you create conversation. That's for sure. So that's kind of the that's what I think that if if someone I think maybe asking for permission isn't a good thing. You can don't ask for permission. Do it and then um, come back later and, and evaluate it. And did it work? Yeah. Okay. And again, I will cut this part out. But I'm looking at these slides here. Is there was there something on here you want to talk about or have you covered? No, I think those were just some of those things I um, that go along with the third place. Oh, so and uh, in the third place, um, one of the I've gone to a couple of workshops, um, Diane Randina, this is a book six ways to rethink your library space and make it amazing. Uh, that's a book that or, uh, this is actually a, a web link that um, I've used. She has a book um, designing your uh, library space, I think it's called. But I think um, you can put this in the notes. But um, she talks about six uh, multiple ways about rethinking your library library space. And she's done. She's one that's advocated that I've looked at um, in the early when I first was trying to think about when I first moved to the high school. She is someone that I looked at uh, looked up to to um, think how am I going to look at things maybe differently and with a different lens. Um, she Diana does a really great job of of helping you kind of through some of maybe your own um, in your own brain thinking things through. 
Okay. Very interesting. I will, I will look that up and, and add that to the show notes. So thank you for okay. sharing. Well, Heather, you've had so many great things that you shared with everyone today. Are there, what other kind of things besides this book? Is there anything else that's really helped influence you and help you grow? Well, in between all of everything that I've, um, in between all of my library skills, um, always being the learner that I am and uh, growing and connecting. I do, I said I, I also go to library conferences. I love learning and I'm always on um, different, in Texas we have the TXL chat and I love learning, but I'm also working on a PhD. So um, I'm working on a PhD in learning technologies. Okay. So yeah, so if everything goes right, um, I will be a, I'm a doctoral candidate and if everything goes right, like it should, I maybe will graduate in the next year. I, well, I will, no, I'm gonna rephrase that. I will graduate in the next year. Um, so I will be that, I'm, I'm, do, I'm looking at, I put a little thing in there, uh, but I, I'm looking at, um, looking at teacher pedagogy and how it relates and connects um, to the application understanding of constructivism when teachers use computer supported collaborative learning. Okay. So, so if when basically like we're talking about active learning spaces and you learn the topic of constructivism mm -hmm. as a teacher, um, if you've taught for say 20 years, how, how do you, how do you continue learning that term, you know, we don't, we don't typically say constructivism, but we talk about active learning and how do keep people, how do teachers connect their own pedagogy to the application of it? And what does that look like? We expect that teachers are doing it, but how do they continue? Do they continue it? Does the, does the district provide professional development that, con that connects it? Do they seek it out on their own um, or do they not? And then what, what might that look like in their classroom? And do they really understand what the term means? Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Well, I know you'll publish articles after that then, but do you still have to throw in the, the dessert tray? <laughs> so, <laughs> All right. Well, I'm sure you've caught some people's attention today as they're listening to you share these great ideas. So if, if they want to connect with you and keep learning from you, where can they find you online? Well, so I have my regular, my Twitter account is at HeatherLam08. And then we have, um, the Cube has their own social media account. So we have, fortunately, no one had taken those. So we have a Twitter account for at the Cube Library. We have a Facebook page at the Cube Library and we have Instagram at the Cube Library. Good. Well, I hope there's some pictures of your space because I would love to get on there and look. So I'm gonna get on Instagram and, and look around for it. So. I think there are. I need to post more on Instagram. Instagram is one of those things that I'm a late bloomer with, so I need to get more into using Instagram. And Snapchat. Snapchat, I'm still just really a lurker. You know, I check up on my family and people that are using that, but but I haven't really snapped anything. So. Yeah, well, you know, we had, um, we had Snapchat for our district, but um, the district, we needed to be able to archive all our snaps and the district so, so we couldn't archive them so we took snapchat away so but we were doing that and you know using we used the bitmojis a lot so that was a nice thing but yeah we're I, I figured out that I could do Facebook and link my Facebook and Instagram so maybe it'll start happening more than because I always forget and I need to do the if then then that and stuff mm -hmm. but I don't so I'm a big big person on Twitter though so I love you know it's funny um, Saying that, I think this kind of, this goes back to what I was saying earlier is that um, when I first learned or someone said, oh, you should get on Twitter. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, and so I didn't for about six months. And I think that's the way it is for lots of things, whether it's the library things, people will say, you know, oh, I sure I'll get, I'll do that. And they don't ever, you know, there's no buy-in. So you have to figure out what's important to you. And, and, and just like the library, you have to figure out the space and what's important um, figure out whether it's a nook or a corner or to be your third space and um, what that will be what like and what it, and maybe it's not maybe the a cafe is not what it needs to be but is there a place or a space in your library that's going to be important that's going to draw kids in and um, and if you're saying no too much um, evaluate why is that and can you turn it around this next year and 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 maybe have a different conversation. So for me, Twitter, um, I thought about it and something clicked and I love Twitter. So I need to do that with Instagram and be a better, a lover of Instagram. <laughs> Good. All right, well, that great way to wrap up our time together. And Heather, thank you so much for your time. It's been fun talking to you and learning and I look forward to following you so I can keep learning some more. So have a great day. Bye -bye. Thank you, bye. Hey everyone, I want to invite you to check out my blog on May 29th at www.laurasgentleman.com. I have a quick overview of Twitter. Somebody was asking about that, but I went ahead and decided to do a webinar about Twitter. So if you're wondering how to get started using it professionally like Heather talks about, go to that website, www.laurasgentleman.com, go to the blog, and you'll find the, the latest blog post, and I include a link on there where you can register to get the invitation to the free webinar on how to get started using Twitter for your own professional development. Hope you can join me.